All right, we got six guests stopping by today. Six guests. We got uh, three from Israel and three from home. It's Thursday. We've got the great Bill O'Reilly stopping by at 845 this morning. But my first guest today is a, uh, a lady who took the Rosenberg family and Justin on a tour through a really, really interesting place, Gush Etzion, up in Judea and Samaria, which is a very interesting part of Israel. Well, not really. Not really Israel. She's going to tell you the whole story. <laughs> and she was great. Now, we had to leave early, Justin and I, to come back here to the Cedars and go to work. But she had my wife and kids the rest of the day. Her name is Eve Harrow. And we had somebody related to you yeah. on this show a couple mm. days ago. What is uh, the relation? He's uh, my nephew. Your nephew. He's okay. Awesome. He was yeah. great, too. Yes, he was he great. Is. Well, you did a terrific job on Tuesday. Good to see you this morning. Really nice to be here. Great to have you. So, you know, you, you told us on Tuesday and uh, took us through this tour, and we saw the – I don't want to get too detailed when it comes to security, but we saw some really interesting stuff. But you said Judea and Samaria, right outside of, of really Ephrat and Bethlehem, and not far from Jerusalem, about 40 minutes away – is Israel, but it's not really Israel. So if you want to explain that to the listening audience, that would be great. Okay, so first of all, Judea is where the term Jew comes from. It's it's actually a land. It's after the tribe of Judah, and the place is called Judea, and that's Yehuda, Yehudim. Okay, so Jews can source themselves to Judea. To saying that Jews don't belong in Judea is like, well, I don't know, the Puerto Ricans don't belong in Puerto Rico? I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is the indigenous thing. Israel lost these places in 1948, and they were ethnically cleansed of the Jews by the, by the Jordanians. Oh, they lost them in 1948, mm-hmm. but we kicked their ass. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, we, we managed to establish a Jewish state, which we hadn't had for a very, very long time. But these areas weren't included in that, and Jordan ethnically cleansed all the Jews there. So in June of 67, in the context of the Six-Day War, when Israel liberates these areas, there are no Jews there. And so there's this idea that the Jews who live there now are some Zerpers, settlers, whatever it is, if you believe that, you believe in ethnic cleansing. Good for you. I'm not in that camp. But what Israel didn't do in Judea and Samaria after 67, which they did do in Jerusalem and which they did do on the Golan Heights, which former President Trump recognized, is apply Israeli law, meaning that close to 10 percent of Israeli Jews live in these areas. It's not just a few people camped down on a hilltop. And we are Israeli citizens in every sense. We pay taxes. We get medical care. 40% of the soldiers that have been killed since October 7th come from Judea and Samaria. You can see the education of of the loyalty to the state. By the way, just two days ago, the day after your tour, uh, I wasn't there. I was in in, uh, Gush. This was in Kapara. That's where where you guys had lunch. No, and where we saw the film. Oh, yes. So the latest soldier to die was from there. So we drove through the neighborhood, and those neighborhoods yesterday had a funeral. And the the whole town is mourning exactly where we were. So that's a sacrifice that we're making. However, all the Israeli governments since 1967 have not taken the, ma- the major step of either annexing these places or at least applying Israeli law on them. And that's why when you still hear people talking about a two-state solution, which is insane, okay, oh, we did so well giving the Palestinian Authority in Hamas Gaza, let's repeat it in the heart of the country right outside of Tel Aviv. So anybody who's doing that, 
I, I, I can't even Anybody? understand. How about the President of the United States? Exactly. Yeah. But if Israel... And you're, you're from L.A., so... That's you still know. the United States, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like I was eating granola before it was popular. <laughs> I grew up in California. No, but so that, that still leaves all this up in the air because it is not officially part of the state of Israel. But what we're doing there is punching way above our weight in so many ways and preventing what happened on October 7th from happening in the middle part of Israel because we're there. And stuff does happen there all the time. I mean, oh, yeah. again, this uh, barbecue that I attended last night, these soldiers have been fighting in Janine, which is uh, very close to where you are. I think people in America have no idea. They no think idea. there's a war in the south, there's going to be a war in the north, but there is fighting going on right there. And these are Israeli Jewish soldiers protecting that area outside of Jerusalem that, like you said, is not part of Israel, yet it really is. It's a little confusing, but the truth is I don't think Americans know how much fighting is going on around yeah. the whole country all the time uh, look we believe in preventing preventing terrorism we don't want to have the funerals and so when israel fund who i know sponsored part of your trip and for who i have the honor of being the director of tourism and, edu and education has spent a tremendous amount of resources in securing these places but you know what happened on october 7th shocked us in terms of scale but not in terms of what they did there have been people in the jewish communities of judea and samaria who have been slaughtered in their beds and the baby's heads cut off and girls who have been raped and their breasts have been cut off oh, during the rape so this behavior, this ISIS-like behavior, that wasn't new. It was the scale and yeah, the shot and where it happened right, that right. has thrown everybody. So, you know, we talked about this in the uh, in the van. You're an extraordinary tour, uh, tour guide. You're Thank great. You. You're great. And the information of wealth was really impressive. <laughs> but I liked it when you talked about America because as much as I love it here, and I really do love it, my first trip, I'm going back to Kennedy Airport on Sunday, yeah. and uh, that is still my home. So uh, when you talked about Los Angeles and how your life has changed since you moved here, I find that interesting because, again, anecdotal, it's just one person. But I've spoken to a lot of folks, including some of these soldiers last night, who moved to Israel, did their aliyah, from someplace in the United States, right. and never want to go back. They're not like, I miss the Super Bowl, I miss whatever you may like about New York, L.A., Chicago, None of them, none of them ever want to go back, no matter how many wars are going on in the country. No. It, look, it's easier to live in the United States. And I personally did not move because I didn't like the United States. It's an extraordinary country. It's probably the greatest country that really ever was on the planet. The opportunities that it gives to people, it saddens me to my bones, that it's falling apart, that it's destroying itself from the inside. And we talked about that, the ingratitude that I find among a lot of American youth as to what a great country it is and what sacrifices it took to keep it like that. Now, here in Israel, there's a tremendous amount of meaning to our lives. I have seven kids and a whole bunch of grandchildren. What I do is for them. But there is meaning here, not just for us, but we, we are full of gratitude. You know, some people yeah, say, yeah, like, most Israelis aren't religious. It's a term that I can't stand because you can't tell how somebody believes by what they're wearing and what their relationship is with God. We understand that we're part of something much, much bigger than our generation. We are – it's it's – it's collective memory. I mean, I am doing things for the future, and I'm doing things because of the people in the past who made those sacrifices. And the food is awesome. The food is great, yes. yes. Um, you talk about the future. Are you nervous? I mean, we know what happened in the South. Okay, that was horrendous. Right. But it seems like, when I'm talking to people this week, that's just the appetizer. That's yeah, your dirt. The North is really going to be a huge issue. You may have issues as far south as Jerusalem. Tel Aviv, who knows? 
Are you nervous? Um, I have a problem in that I had to quell my fears already years ago in order to continue to live where I live. And so there's a limit at how much I will let terrorism control my life. Any road that is open in Israel and controlled by the IDF, I'm not going to go into Bethlehem or Ramallah, but any road the Jews are allowed to travel on, I will go on, even if there's no one else on that road, because my being on that road makes it safer for other people. There is a collective here. There's a collective responsibility. The soldiers that die are not, I mean, they're not dying for themselves and for their families. They're doing it for all of us. And so I have to do, I'm not a soldier. I have to do whatever I can do to help this country go in the direction that now, unfortunately, a lot of people realize the wrong directions. You know, one of the least satisfying things to do is to say, I told you so. Mm. But for the last 30 years, I fought against Oslo. I fought against the Gilad Shalit deal, you know, letting out uh, a thousand, including Sinwar, the guy who's running the whole thing in Hamas. How many people have died because we let him out? I moved to Gaza with my kids in the summer of 2005 to try and prevent the expulsion because it was so clear. I mean, I have a master's degree in psychology, but you don't have to be a psychologist to understand what's going to happen here. You just have to listen to the other side. So from the river to the sea, they have all the blurbs. They're, they can do it in a sentence. We can't. I talked to you like for 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. just getting out there. I didn't even get started. We yeah. have a complicated narrative. But um, we are not only going to survive, but we're going to thrive. And when I, when I get up in the morning and I look at my phone and I look for those two words in Hebrew, like it's been allowed now to be publicized, and it's the names of the soldiers who died while I, I was sleeping. And I weep every single morning, even if I don't know who they are, because sure. I know who they are. Because sure. this is my tribe. These are my people. And everything that I'm going to do here, and everything that you're doing here from where you are, don't minimize it, is for this. But it's, we were talking about this. It's not just for us. It's for the decent people in the world. You know, we were given this mandate a long time ago to bring the Bible to the world. And in that means decide who is decent and who isn't. The Bible's super clear on that. And that has been our mandate. And we're still doing it. And we're still going to continue to do it. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's PriorityGoldGuide.com. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. You know, so well said, and, and that brings me to the point, uh, we're going to close up this conversation, but where I get angry, which is there are so many people 
in the United States and around the world who don't really want to ruffle feathers. They make it clear they love the Jews, they love Israel. You go do your thing, Sid, I love you, I love the Israelis, but they don't want to ruffle feathers. They're worried about maybe the bottom line in their business, maybe people are going to get angry. So when 5,000 pro-Palestinians who are morons, they know nothing about the history of this country, rally in Bay Ridge, they don't want to say nothing, you know? They don't want to have people rallying in front of their businesses or their offices and it didn't bother me as much before I left as it does now. I think people need to get angry around the yes. world that there are people in the streets of America, of Europe, around the world advocating for people who are committing murder and making us look like we're the bad guys. Well, it's also not just about Israel. If Israel goes down, what do you think is going to happen to the rest of the world? They'll come for the Jews first and the Christians afterwards. We are literally at the forefront of the fight for humanity in many ways. And so it is about you. If you're listening and you're sitting on the fence because, like, you know, Sid just said you don't want to ruffle feathers, you can't do that anymore. There's no gray area. There's black and there's white. And you're either fighting for the good or you're responsible for evil lifting up its head. And and you all have to internalize that. There's no just thing as, like, reading the paper and then throwing it across the room. All right? Do something. Get involved. If not for your own sake, then for your kids and your grandchildren. So on the way out, if you had to, um, I guess, break it all down for somebody listening in, L.A. right now, or Brooklyn, uh, because I think people are a bit confused as to exactly where this country is. The, I guess what I'm looking for is the level of danger, how close we are here in Israel to something huge happening. Where is it? Right now, in the, on this morning. I feel less safe in Los Angeles and in New York than I do here. You really do? I mean, I everybody says that. But, I absolutely yeah. do. Because right. I don't feel unsafe here at all. Right. At all. Exactly. And I walk through the, the Arab quarters, those Muslim shops, mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. on the way to the Western Wall. And I had some guy literally walk up to me and tell me to shut the F up. An Arab. As I came out of my cab, making my way towards the Muslim shops, wow. I couldn't care less. I got people who eye me up and down when I walk through those quarters for an hour at a time. It didn't bother me. But yet I'm scared of the tube train every once in a while. Look, we have to inter- not just internalize but make it clear to everybody else that this is our place and we are home. When What we consider, we in the West consider compromise and largesse, they consider weakness. When it is clear that the Jews are home to stay and we're not going anywhere and we hold out our hand in peace to whoever you want and 20% of Israeli citizens are Muslims and they get totally respected and educated and they're mosques and whatever they need. But, but, if you lift a finger... To a Jew, you're done. There's a, there's a little thing in here. We are not, we're not going back to the Holocaust. We're not going back to the Inquisition and to everything else that's happened to us over the years. We are home. We have an army. And yes, sometimes there's an October 7th and things fail, but we are strong and we are proud and we understand what we're doing here and we're not going anywhere. So are we afraid? We're surrounded by some pretty bad guys. Yeah. Do we understand Tzitzkat Darkenu, you know, the, the righteousness of our path? Absolutely. And our kids get it. It's an unbelievable generation that's growing up here. They get it. They're willing to make the sacrifices because they understand that this is home, and we are never running away again, ever. God bless you, man. You are terrific. Eve Harrow, folks. So if you get to Israel, and the yes. One Israel Fund, which did, by the way, fund this trip, the yeah. wonderful people, Scott, everybody, uh, you gotta, you got to go with her because she will teach you. I'll tell you one more thing. I'm going to keep it a little longer, but... Uh, my friend Dove Hyken, you know Dove Hyken, sure. and his lovely wife Shani. So she works for the group, and they go out there, they buy land. 
and they take it from the Arabs, and they sell it back to the Jews. So I did a whole tour yesterday with a guy named Daniel Motidan, and I saw all those neighborhoods in and around where Arafat used to live when he wanted. They offered him 93% of Israel. It wasn't enough. He wanted 100%. And, and a lot of that land now is being bought from the Arabs, who, by the way, will be killed if they if find out can, you do that. exactly. Right, and give it back to the Jews. I love that, don't you? Yeah, I wish it wasn't necessary, but there's a lot of Arabs living in homes that were once Jewish. So they cry about their refugees and everything, but, you know, I mean, not to offend anybody, I hope it's okay. Israel's not a white country. (laughs) You saw it when you were here. Why is Israel not a white country? Why are the majority of our population Middle Easterners? Because the Arab and African world threw out the Jews in the 1950s. My son-in-law, his mother's Moroccan, his father's Tunisian. The baby's beautiful, by the way. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so, but nobody knows that. And we had a refugee problem. Nobody established an UNRWA or anything for us. We had to do it ourselves. And we have done it ourselves, and we're fine with doing it ourselves. But don't mess with us ever again. It's not happening. We are not back there. We are not going to stay back there. I've got a mission coming up in a couple weeks. A few spaces left for women to meet the women of Judea and Samaria, the women who are holding up the home front while their husbands are fighting and they're working and they're taking care of kids and they're taking care of their husband when he comes home a little bit traumatized from the battlefield. They are awesome. They are awesome and I want other women to meet these women, to connect with these women because really I think that a lot of the responsibility of raising our kids and educating them falls on the mothers, not just on the fathers. And there are women who live not far from me who raise their kids to blow other people up. All right? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, but I have to accept it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where a lot of us in the West are. Because it doesn't fit into our mindset, it can't possibly be. Mm-hmm. Knock it off, guys. Forget the patronizing attitude. There are people out there who will do things that in your wildest nightmares you can't imagine. Accept it. Protect yourselves from it. Cleanse the world from it if you can. And move on. That's how I see it. Eve Harrow, you're great. Thank you. We do a, uh, an International Women's Day once a year at WABC. Uh, John Margo. You need to come on. You got it. Because you are that voice, that collective thinking. My guy Doug back in New York loved that. That collective thinking that will help us as we move forward. Great to meet you. Thanks for coming on today. We'll talk again very soon. You got it, sir. Thank you Eve Harrell right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. If you didn't like that, I don't know what to tell you. She is uh, a very, very impressive lady. That wraps up hour number one. We got a big 7 o'clock hour still to come your way, which includes Hillel Fald. Another legend here in Israel and Mr. Guardian Angel, our own legend back in New York, Curtis Sliwa. Don't forget Bill O'Reilly coming up at 845. Keep it right here. Hour number two, live from Jerusalem. We'll be back right after this. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.